we're not talking about Best Picture nominees here. Are we, Jared? No. <laughs> Green Book. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I, uh, I'm just going to say, we're going we're gonna to change the format of this show at some point. So if this is the last raw, so be it. <laughs> but I've got a bone to pick with you, Jared Dotson. What'd I do? You were Here's born. what you did. <laughs> Josh. <laughs> Shut up, Josh. We're being serious. I'm, tr- I'm trying to make a point here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now you're forcing me to come to Jared's defense, and that's I'm I'm on the attack here. Okay, Don't my bad. Put me my back bad. in this camp. <laughs> The scotch on the rocks, please. Any scotch will do, as long as it's not a blend, of course. Uh, single malt, Glenlivet, Glenfiddich, perhaps, maybe a Glengowrie, any Glen. I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? Just a drink. A martini, shaken, not stirred. So the bone I have picked me, Jared. Time traveling, as is our premise, Sober Cinema, going back to two films, came out on the same weekend. And mm-hmm. I think, I don't think I changed it necessarily for you. I think I shuffled some stuff around. We were originally going to be talking about uh, No Strings Attached for this week's episode, which I think came out eight years ago. And a movie I really like, so spoiler alert, if we ever do that episode, uh, The Company Men with Tommy Lee Jones and Ben Affleck. I don't know if either one of you have seen that. Mm-mm. No Strings Attached has one uh, Ashton Kutcher. So I'm like, well, I see more complaining from Jared in my future. <laughs> Me <laughs> and never. And I won't do that. And it's it's a rom-com, so it could go either way. But it, you know, I'd say 70-30, uh, I'm going to get hate. I think it's a high likelihood of hate from Jared. And he's going to hate why he does this every week. <laughs> All right, let me find another date. All right, January 20th. Let's see, 2006. This will work. Underworld Evolution. Kate Beckinsale, skin tight cat suit, <laughs> shoots things, <laughs> vampires, werewolves. You cannot miss with this. I know, Jared. He's going to hate me for saying this. I know you've seen Twilight. I remember you telling me that you were, oh, you were God. forced to watch Twilight. I fell asleep so like, like three times. All right, so if he can watch Twilight. He can watch the sequel to Underworld, and this will be fine. You know what? It, it may not be the greatest thing, but it's just going to be smooth, just going to be easy. Of course, there's a forgotten film here, Why We Fight, which is, the, I guess, the think piece, the YouTube essay we're going to get to. But I'm going to give Jared, I'm going to give him the hotness, pale skin, sharp teeth, <laughs> bodice ripping, mm. everything you want. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> and yet, and yet, dear listeners, the text messages I get <laughs> in response is yet again weekend agony from Jared. <laughs> I throw my hands up. I'm like, I, I, I don't know. Like the man, I give him Barney's version, and he's like, this is, this might be the most touching thing I've ever, I've ever experienced. This, this is art. <laughs> I'm like, okay, didn't expect that. Underworld Evolution, before you get into it, Jared. Yes. Th- this was a box office hit. There was like five more of them afterwards. Oh, People yeah. love this shit. There's half a dozen of them. You can go straight into the uh, numbers already? Yes, before the <laughs> complaining. <laughs> okay, Underworld Evolution, the second film in the prolific series. 16% from the critics. 
72. Okay, so not everyone loves it. No. <laughs> Just the common folk. One out of six critics. Um, 72% for the audience. I also noted 93% of Google users like this film. Um, hmm. 62.3 million domestic on an estimated $50 million budget. Well, that's strange. That doesn't sound like it was... It made about another $50 success. million overseas, so it's... Okay. Yeah. See it again. It's not the dumb Americans. We tried to do our part. And... <laughs> the rest of the world is just as dumb as we are. Um, Dumber, I would say. <laughs> Look, until, there until it is. This, this podcast goes international, I'll play the part. I'll play the part of the heel, of the American heel. That's fine. Bring in the downloads, then uh, this will become an all-French film podcast very quickly. <laughs> and the shocking thing is Jared would like it better. That's what's going to kill me. Give me French <laughs> feelings, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Give me that stinky cheese. Um. Oh, my God. <laughs> there is the nasty Hellcat sound effect. <laughs> 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 oh, this is All why right. we don't record on uh, weekdays at seven o'clock. Yeah, we're off. <laughs> this is this is this is an exhibition night. You know, yeah. all layups. So on that uh, international bent, uh, Jared, what did Why We Fight do? It uh, had a seventy-nine percent from the critics, eighty-eight percent from the audience. It actually did hmm. really well for documentary. One point four four million domestic on budget numbers that I could not find, but assume are smallish. Where do you want to begin? Which one of you? Which one of you wants to lead our listeners to underworld evolution? In case it's been a while since they boned up on the mythology. Oh, that's Jared's territory. Why is it my territory? <laughs> Stinky cheese. Yeah, apparently. we we got we got to keep you away from while we fight. <laughs> Stick to the American goods that we're shipping out. You know what Marcus will do if he finds me. He finds William's prison. You need to help us stop him. You are asking me to help you kill my son. You, a death dealer? How many innocents did you kill in the 6th century quest to avenge your family? Spare me your self-righteous declarations. You are no different from Marcus, and even less noble than William. At least he cannot control his savagery. Anything I've done can be laid at your feet. Hundreds of thousands have died because of your inability to accept that your sons are monsters. That they create monsters. You could have stopped all of this. Do not come groveling to me simply because you are weaker than your adversary. You know the devastation William caused before he was captured. He cannot be set free. Well, I think you described it pretty well in the beginning, but I mean, it's uh, pretty much... Here's a question for you then. Yes. Maybe this will help. Mm-hmm. Yes. Did any of you, uh, I assume, I, I think me and Josh watched the first Underworld together. Mm-hmm. And didn't like it. No. <laughs> Did not know that damn near 15 and a half years later, we're like, all right, <laughs> double down. Go to the sequel. Let's see if it Let's got any better. One. Let's see where they picked yeah. up. That's that's what I want to know. Did either one of you... Revisit? Did, did did you just rely on the sequel to fill you in on what happened to the first one again? I got the gist of it. <laughs> I don't need any more than I, I have to. I did not. I, I have to admit, because I thought I even said that before we recorded. I'm like, ah, who needs it? And vampires, werewolves, they fight. Round two. Then they start talking 
kings and lineage and brothers torn apart and i'm like wait was that was that in the first one i know the dude from love actually he was pretty bad he was he was in it <laughs> who who's this new guy what what is this flashback to the village and why, why is there like this super vampire swat team with all these gadgets and doodads and <laughs> i i i could not follow it i actually i, I felt like my old man, when I tried to show him the Matrix on DVD, <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, for damn sure, he's going to love it. He loves, he's a man that raced me on Commando with Schwarzenegger, and I'm like, well, he's going to love it. Guns and fighting. And then when it was over, he sat silently, of course, you all know him. He sat, of course, silently throughout the whole thing with no expression. I think he cracked his knuckles a couple times. <laughs> and then as soon as it was over, <laughs> he said, boy, that was a bunch of nonsense. And then just got up and left the room. <laughs> <laughs> and I had no counter to it. I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, if you do try to explain it, I guess it's, you know, you just got to watch it. People are batteries. I felt very old trying to dive back into this world. And uh, oh. I think my eyes glazed over and I I couldn't really make heads or tails of what they were doing. They're chasing a an item like Indiana Jones, this this lock to this werewolf and entombed. There's, that's it. There's no way to not sound like a neckbeard in describing this film. <laughs> there's Yes. The the vampire is looking for his brother, the werewolf, and he's the biggest, baddest werewolf that's ever been, and he's white. <laughs> like, how do you... <laughs> Jared, <laughs> getting a little too political that's there. That's right. Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong film. We don't need to play identity <laughs> politics with the werewolves. <laughs> Although this time it is, strangely, the big white guy who's been falsely imprisoned <laughs> for centuries. <laughs> Last, uh, Dangerous. <laughs> Bill Nye did it. Is that his name? Yeah. Oh, that's a science dude. Where is it that? Nye. It's not Bill Nye. It's like, it's, there's a Y at the end. Oh, okay. So it is. I, I was pretty close. I was like, no, that can't be his name. All right. Pirates of the Caribbean dude, right? Yeah. yeah. Squid face. I think. <laughs> love, love actually guy. The guy who dances. <laughs> Josh, I was trying to show my uh, my uh, filmography, all the research I did, where I'm like, love actually, Squid Face, Bill Nye Science Guy. That's all I've got. This movie makes no sense, and it was pretty dull, but there was a sex scene in it. Yeah, and it was literally navel-gazing. I mean, it, it, <laughs> several times it literally goes to the navel. Yeah, the uh, I, I don't remember if the werewolf and the vampire hooked up in the first one, but they do. I guess they did kind of play with that pre-Twilight, that they had a thing for each other. So I don't know if this was like fans waited for years to see them consummate it. But I yelled at my wife as I'm prone to do when there's naked bodies on the screen. It's like, Hey, look at this. <laughs> I just look at her face to try to get a read. Like we think about it. You <laughs> like know, that, that. that's a, that's a tradition you, you uh, used to hold for Jared. Freeze, freeze framing scenes, he, you know, and I'm pretty sure at. that's why he, he wanted to be friends with me. Cause I would, Cause uh, you Jared, had time let me show you something. Uh, her only comment was uh, it was very disaster artist it was like uh, why is he putting that in her stomach like in her belly button and I'm like damn it you're right like you should host a movie podcast not me start scribbling down notes Um, I don't think I have any particular insight into this in that I think it's probably as bad as the other series I don't know Josh did you feel like if you weren't like a superhero movie guy and you try to jump into, I don't know, like the ninth Marvel movie or whatever, would it be kind of like that where you're 
not really invested and it just seems kind of confusing? Uh, possibly. Um, I'll, I'll say I didn't, uh, I didn't remember much about the first movie. <laughs> it had been however long since the theater, uh, watching it. So, uh, I was going into this pretty fresh, but they do like a little recap at the, at the Don't beginning. Come out of it fresh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Stinky cheese. Stinky cheese. (laughs) All night long. Um, Right in the gut. (laughs) But uh, I I, I have to say, the the weird plot, I didn't get lost in it. I mean, I was able to follow it okay. Oh, of course not. Go ahead. No. Explain it to us. Well, the thing is, is that it's stupid. It's just ridiculous. I mean, that's where this movie goes wrong, is that, you know, I think me and you both went to that first Underworld because we were like, hmm... That looks like over-the-top nonsense. Werewolves versus vampires. That sounds like... Catsuit. Well, yeah, that too. I was just trying to, Tight. you know, trying to avoid the Me Too hashtag movement right now, you know? But... I don't think we've done that on a single episode <laughs> yet. <no. laughs> Why break the streak now? Just keep batting a thousand. Yeah. But I think the movie... <laughs> That is the podcast version of a man just running as fast as he can away from a subject. <laughs> I'm going to loop back around to Underworld because that's all we're going to talk about here is Underworld. Well, the the very thing that you're kind of commenting on being so ridiculous, you know, like the, the lineage and these clans and high-tech vampires and stuff, it's, it's so ridiculous. It's like it's... It's taking itself too seriously. It's trying to build up some sort of serious, dramatic mythology, and it's not that type of movie, and it has not aged well either. I mean, it probably played a little bit better when it released, but, like, it is just so... Oh, it's so cheesy that the acting is not good. You know, you, you feel the cringe of the actors having to deliver some of the lines that they deliver. But it made me understand why I don't see too much out of Mr. Uh, Scott Speedman. He's got <laughs> some real, real doozies to try to say with any sort of dramatic heft. And uh, yeah, it's just Kate Beckinsale. Is she? I don't know. Maybe she's the smartest person in the room, and that she found a role that she could keep getting a check every few years. She's the only doesn't ask much of her. She's the only thing memorable about the movies. I mean, <laughs> you remember like yeah. I remember the the cat suit. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's... I remember the dramatic arc of Celine when she inherits the vampire kingdom and becomes the queen at the end of it. I, <clears throat> I should go to the expert. I should go to Jared and be like, "Do the rules make sense here?" Like we have by the end of this, we have I guess the president vampire that just decides to go out in a blaze and just basically retire <laughs> i guess it's, yeah it's just it's it's as josh said incredibly stupid i you know I does don't, he hand over his powers to her i or guess something? like I it's some so even in the mythology it doesn't even make sense like here before i die suck me wait <laughs> <laughs> jared's famous mm, last words that makes, <laughs> that makes sense jared <laughs> <laughs> gain my pa- yeah I've tried that one before you'll gain my powers if you I'm suck dying. me <laughs> oh and Jared's clutching his chest I'm dying <coughs> you'll gain my strength 
But no, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's silly rules. Like, apparently, it's not just drinking the blood, you know? Like, they can just pour it on one another. Like, here, here, throw that in your boo-boo, and then make it better, you know? I always thought that, uh, you know, vampires were very, like, it's like a union or something, like... Very. Whoever had the most power was the oldest one, right? Always like age. You your, I mean, that's pretty you much You worked standard, your way up yeah. to. Like, as they somehow got killed off, you got more power. Seniority. But they've, they've, uh, you know, this is a union-busting film. Celine <laughs> and Kate Beckinsale, she skips, I don't know, countless hundreds of years, centuries of vampires. And uh, I, didn't, I did not care for it. I did not care for the amount of gunplay in the movie, considering it did fuck all to anybody in it. You could make like a- <laughs> that scene where uh, the, the the flying vampire is like chasing him on that truck, and she's literally spending the whole scene like shooting him in the face with a machine gun. I'm like, why? It, it's not what working. What are you doing, bro? What are you yeah, doing, dude? That ain't it, <laughs> that's, Chief. That's that not, ain't happening. Yeah, that's not working. Throw the gun at him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's so much going on in that film that doesn't make sense or i just don't care about well to that point and what josh said it is sort of stuck in that it does feel very matrixy mm. it's got that sort of sheen to it the gunplay the outfits fast <laughs> very fast quick edit action you know is what it's Except, going for as jared said they're vampires and werewolves like so it's like they play fast and loose with like you know there's not a stake or cut their head off or something i <laughs> Why are the you. vampires wanting to play with guns so much, knowing that they're ineffective? <laughs> the closest I came to like, mine. <laughs> the, the closest I came to enjoying something in this movie was I had stopped paying attention for a minute, which was probably the best part of the movie. Was when I stopped paying attention. But when I, I'm sure it was just one minute that you did that. It happened one time. It was when. Um, she left the old hybrid dude down in that basement or whatever. She's like, you know, don't go anywhere. And then he like manages to go somewhere. He goes to whatever, like that little tavern or bar is or whatever. I'm not gotta paying get, attention. Give him something to eat, Josh. Well, that's just it. Go eat some porridge. I didn't really, the fuck I is. didn't pay attention to what was going on. And so I just see him scarfing down food. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, my tummy. I'm like, did he eat garlic? And I'm like, I'm actually in my mind, I'm thinking, is that going to be a You're plot point? Is that, yeah. I'm like, did he eat some garlic <laughs> and I get sick? No, that didn't have nothing no. to do with it. But I would have given the movie like major kudos if he like just ripped a huge fart. Like, oh god, <laughs> garlic! <laughs> I swear, it, the both of you. I, I should just let the <laughs> listeners know if if they don't already. So, me and Jared are watching uh, Annihilation last year, <sighs> which in true, you know, we ought to do that one for sober cinema because in true <laughs> on brand, me and Jared both are like, well, that's pretty fucking stupid. That's dumb. <laughs> stupid shit. <laughs> what are they doing? Another movie obsessed with guns that are totally ineffective Useless. for what they're dealing with. <clears throat> but there's a trailer for A Quiet Place, and I'd already seen it, and I leaned over to Jared and be like, hey, I'm, I want to see this. I'm pretty excited about it. And uh, so he watches it, and what I think is <laughs> taking it in, thoughtful, and I wait for the trailer to be over, and hear his thoughts, and he looks at me, and he's like, I hope that's one big setup for a fart joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm impressed that you remember that. Well, I remember it because this little tidbit is a setup for we will be discussing A Quiet Place very soon. So we, I think we'll be recording that this weekend. And uh, I'm going to take you task. Every every second we spend talking about how awesome the movie is, I'm going to remind you what you said about it. I missing you awesome Jim though. from the office. Like two hours long and then they all get killed because you know, Jim farts. <laughs> Would that not be hilarious? <laughs> 
<laughs> Everybody's nervously looking around at who did it. <laughs> I mean, it could go real dark there if, if you've seen the uh, the first death. Oh my! If the father, if the father blames, <laughs> he points that one. <laughs> he did. Oh, oh man. <laughs> oh boy. You know, you know your movies are bad when you're resorting to talking about next week's episode already. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's going to be good. The Soviets are outproducing America's aircraft factories. There is a threat, but we can't measure how much is enough defense spending to stop the Soviet Union. So by the time Eisenhower is president, there is a huge new flow of cash into defense industries. He was the first to acknowledge that a permanent military establishment would be required during this period. But then unless we could find some kind of breakthrough, that in fact it would end up creating a terrible cost. The cost of one modern heavy bomber is this. A modern brick school in more than 36. It is two electric power plants, each serving a town of 60,000 population. It is two fine, fully equipped hospitals. This is not a way of life at all, in any true sense. Under the cloud of threatening war, it is humanity hanging from a cross of iron. My father, as president, had strong guiding principles. He used to say modern weapons take food from the hungry and shelter from the homeless. And so he was fighting with the Pentagon all the time for asking for too much and Congress for giving it to him. I don't think we should pay one cent for defense more than we have to. Well, Eisenhower saw us starting to build program after program that was just out of control. And his own ability to shape national security policy was being hemmed in by these forces he couldn't control. And he was the president. On at least one occasion, Eisenhower was heard to say by those in the room, God help this country when somebody sits at this desk who doesn't know as much about the military as I do. Uh, let's move on to the uh, Forgotten film, which uh, I admit I had heard of, but I'd never never got around to watch it. And uh, I may have done a disservice to it. It's pretty, it's pretty topical to that particular time period when it was released. I guess it still applies, but uh, Josh, tell, tell, or no, yeah, Josh, you've got this one. Jared, Jared is avoiding the stinky cheese, I think. Or <laughs> I guess we just discussed that. So go ahead, Josh, why we fight. Yeah, why we fight the documentary. Uh, basically diving into um, some thematic elements across all the wars about how how and why we, you know, as uh, the USA have gotten involved in the different wars. But there's a primary focus on... Um, the the Iraq War uh, under George W. Bush, uh, as obviously 2006, you know, we were in the throes of that. So it kind of kind of does a deep dive, you know. It kind of at, at the beginning kind of hits the surface points, you know, the, the the typical talking points you hear everybody kind of go through uh, when they were kind of in, discussing why they thought we were at war. You know, you, you hear people throw out oil or uh, just needed a, a war for the sake of profit, you know. The the companies wanted to to make money, um, and general influence. Yeah, on other regions. yeah, yeah. So you, you hear all that on the surface, and, and they they really try to do a deep dive as to try to kind of get to all the things that went into play that kind of lead up to it, and and maybe who the uh, 
the, the possible manipulators are of kind of trying to make that happen. Um, it's... I'll say this, because, I mean, you, you, you have to get a little political talking about it. I would say it is generally, in its tone, a little more left-leaning. Let the Republican talk. Let him have his time before we go <laughs> review this movie about how awful Josh is. Not a Republican, <laughs> sir, what a, but... Uh, what a what a warmonger he is. He wants it all the time. Right? Uh, but, no, I mean, I'll just go ahead and kind of throw my opinion out there while I'm, while I'm wrapping up the, the little... Uh, explanation there, but I I was surprised at how how taken I was by it because I I did feel like they gave um some really good political backstory. You know that they, they they paint the backdrop pretty well as to the events, not just you know the reasons that we had the war, but the things that were leading up politically even before that. That kind of positioned things like the Saddam Hussein and and our history with him, and you know a lot of it shockingly was not discussed in the, the the press it was not even though there was as much um anti-war stuff going on at the time there was never the movie does a much better job of kind of plotting out you know a a through z as to how things happened and as somebody who was more of a um a defender of the rack war at the time and uh of the administration, uh, I found myself definitely feeling educated in a lot of different realms watching this and, and and having to revisit my opinion on on all of that. Sure. I mean, I think uh, coming from more uh, liberal uh, sort of, and I guess my history, although I, I was one of the people that initially, um, I guess much like, well, you have a father who lost a son during 9-11. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's not going to be like most people who have gone through that particular tragedy. But I did, I was more like him in the sense that <clears throat> maybe, you know, just being naive, but like, well, if they, if they say this man has weapons of mass destruction, then I, I have to take them at their word. I can't, I'm not going to be able to, <laughs> to uncover the evidence myself. So if that's the case, then no, I don't want that. I don't want that man to have them uh, to what you're saying. Um, I think it's even for people who maybe were always opposed to the war, it's a pretty interesting film and in that it takes you back decades to be like, this is a domino effect from mm -hmm. something that may have happened at the end of the fifties. And it's not just like, well, you know, we got into that, the Iraq war, why can't we just get out of it? And it's like, well, you're almost pot committed from this event that happened in the nineties, this event that happened in the eighties. And it, I think it's a, it doesn't a really good job of not pinning it on like one administration necessarily as far as saying this is a culture and sort of an economic climate that's been built up in this country. Yeah. Very it's the reason this, these things keep, uh, these things keep happening. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, obviously that administration was vilified quite a bit during all that, especially Dick Cheney. I, and I, I think Dick Cheney is really to this day, the one that still kind of holds the, <laughs> holds the bag for most of that. Um, there's an extremely, Historically accurate movie out right now where Christian Bales <laughs> said he was How inspired timely. by Satan to play the man. Uh, boy, did I hate that movie. Boy, did I hate that. <laughs> you, know it's a, you know it's a miss when someone's like, yeah, I've voted like, you know, for the Democratic Party like pretty much you know, every election, especially like on like national matters. 
<laughs> and I go in to see, like, all right, let's uh, let's call this man an asshole for two hours. This is what it. He's he's filthy rich. <laughs> he got us into a war. Now it's time for payback. A movie starring Batman. <laughs> and then I come out of it. And I'm like, well, that fucking sucked. I got to think it again. <laughs> Can't even get this right. Yep. <laughs> Cheney got you again. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Yeah, brand new heart and everything. But to, Everything's great for him. To back to what you said, though, I mean, even though they do kind of take that focus with the Iraq part of the, the movie, you definitely get the feeling that <clears throat> this isn't just a party issue. This is an establishment issue that both sides are guilty of, you know, because it always comes back to money. It comes back to these, uh, you know, these, these companies that <clears throat> make weapons and, and different military. Even even at the you know, middle class? Jobs, right? I think they they have one. It's very brief. I don't think they go back to her for like policy questions. But you know, a woman who's in basically a bomb factory, and she says like, you know, I don't, I don't like working. I don't like working here, knowing what I'm making. Like, which I think her line is, she's like, I'd, yeah, I'd much rather be working in like Santa's workshop, than yeah, toys for kids, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, but it's it's a job. It's just like you know, I'm. So you're gonna have. <laughs> I think that's what I like most about the documentary is it's not showing everyone that's invested in this is looking for some sort of world domination. Like they're playing like a real life version of risk. You're going to go down the chain. And you're going to have regular people be like, yeah, I, you know, I, I know I wish I could uh, not have a job making weapons to do God knows what, but well, you know, and there's a balance there That's it. because, you know, I'll be the first to say, it's like, I'm glad we have the war machine. You know, I'm glad that we have that in our back pocket. Here we go. No, I'm just saying it's like I'm glad we have that. But and it's time for another. That's why I'm no, going to announce no, no. On this episode, no, 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 this no. underworld evolution episode of Silver Cinema. <laughs> we have it to protect us from vampires and werewolves. Well, the true threat, Jerry. One werewolf, the white one. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get Whitey back in his tomb. It's just that that is the hard balance, though. It's like we can't have the power without there being people tempted to abuse it. You know. Uh, and and that's the issue because as a defense as a defense matter, why not have the best military you possibly can? You want to know like if anybody does anything to us, we can defend ourselves. That's yeah. that's the safety net that you want. But the, the, but you also you have to know that your tax dollars are basically buying the government like the world's most expensive iPhones every year. Like where it's well, like, that's oh, new and sh- I, I want that. There's a like, difference between what they're saying of buying frivolous new technology that isn't even guaranteed to work. I mean, that's a, that's a totally different beast of a conversation, but I, I still want to know that our like military is top notch. I don't want to just, like, stop funding them or want them to like be non-existent. It's just the problem is the bigger military you have and the more it becomes um, a business venture, then the more you have to almost start justifying the spending like, and which is very much right. what the movie yeah. goes into. Jared, what's your opinions? What do you want to know? Oh, me and Josh just did a a, a much uh, you know the movie podcast version of Crossfire, which uh, I you know I hate to tell you, dear listeners, boy, that's almost every movie podcast. <laughs> <at this point. laughs> yeah, yeah. They could be they could be talking about Paddington, and it's it's going to get political. We're going to talk about immigration reform with this <laughs> stupid fucking talking bear. <laughs> I don't know, Jared. Uh, I guess uh, we're. I don't really know where you would stand on something like this. I've always been more of the uh, left-leaning, uh, more liberal side of things. Um, 
I can actually agree somewhat with what Josh says in that, you know, it's, I personally have a shotgun and a, a revolver in my house because I want to feel uh, protected. I don't feel safe with that, that news at all. Well, don't come over here. My house I, is safe. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> See, it works. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> but also, you know, there's I the um the lady that was uh retired from the military, I think she brings up a good point as well that you have people getting passed over in the military because of outside interests having so much influence on the military. And it's back to what you guys said about it's so easy to be uh, caught up with the power and uh, the corruption of it. I, I don't know how you have such a large force and then, you know, police all of it or make sure everybody's on the up and up. It's it's a, it's a tough well, question. It's, I don't even think it's the military itself. It's the 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 powers that be, you know, trying trying to justify the spending or doing the spending or the selling, whatever, you know, the, those are, I think, are the, the people that the corruption starts to seep in, you know. No, it's uh, Underworld. It's the swing <laughs> factor. You know, we, we have a process here. We value experience, and uh, we just throw that to the wind. New shiny thing. Now you're in charge. I will say one of the things that will probably stick with me out of this film is you see these um, these military expos, on movies and you think man this has got to be so exaggerated out of this world and then you go and this movie's showing this fucking guy doing magic tricks with cards like and then afterwards i guess he's going to sell you a gun to uh, shoot somebody with like it's it's so weird beyond that he's gonna he's gonna sell you a missile to like a (laughs) a bunker buster like but man that card trick though that's pretty nice wasn't it i'm like oh my What's this fucking? You're gonna bring out a like to explain it to George Bush? Did they have a clown? Did they have an opening comedian before they got to like the, the war room? I'm like, is that? I just I I'm like you. Like yeah, again, I guess I'm just naive. I just assumed this was discussed with like grave importance. Like you know, like Josh, what you're saying, like just in case scenarios. Right, right. Here's where capable of not like you know you're going to a car show yeah. like a bunch of gearheads. There's are there's around. no gravitas to the matters like hey look at my missile and look at this big breasted woman bringing yeah. it out. L- like, little, so- little did I know that. Like then Jared says what missile? <laughs> what missile? <laughs> I see two missiles, two bazookas. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that uh, Robert Downey Jr. Um, for his Tony Stark scene in the first Iron Man, like had actual reference points to like the actual arms dealers, yeah. how they act because yeah. it was sleazy. It's really yeah, yeah. Um, it's I don't know. It's an interesting. Uh, it's an interesting film. I, I tell you one point that the movie. I don't know if it was trying to make it specifically or if I just kind of drew it on my own. But um, well, first off, one thing that the movie tries to play at and I, I don't agree with is they try to kind of guilt you about the um the bombings during World War Two. And it's like it's not it's not a good thing, you know, in terms of it's it's sad that people died and, and there were probably a lot of um innocent people that weren't part of the military that died from those those bombings um that we did in Japan. But at the same time that was one of those moments where it's like, okay, we've got this huge war. We've had somebody attack us on our soil. And, and this time we actually do know who did it. And you know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> 
<laughs> we gotta get back to Underworld. This episode's getting very dark. <laughs> no, all I'm getting at is, is that like I, I pretty much still defend those bombings. You know, I'm like, okay, that kind of sadly enough, it made an example that needed to be made. Like, you know, you can't. There's lines you're not gonna cross with us, or else you will get hit back hard. But then when they're the showing Godzilla, yeah, well. Uh, don't give them more calls, Jared. Uh, I, I like this. Josh's basically like a tap out theory. Like you don't tap out. I'm just just gonna keep cracking your knuckles on right on your head. Yeah. <laughs> like, you wouldn't do it, so we had to go that far. But I will agree with you. I took issue. They they asked one guy, and he was like, "Well, Truman, he just wanted to do it anyway." And I'm like, "Ah, uh, that was." Let me let me hear a little bit more on that. Yeah, I'm like, that's kind of that's a pretty bold claim to just ask one dude. And yeah, I, I didn't. Well, Truman wanted to do it. I guess so we'll go bomb him. <laughs> Nobody else seems to want to, but Truman wants to. The way it's it's always been like posed to me, like as far as was that the right or wrong thing? I I think most people will say. Unfortunately for the the people that you know that weren't in the military that lost their lives, um, was was it right to do if it was basically going to cause like the fear of the Cold War, like outing that technology? But I, I don't think that technology was going to be contained. Either. No, at that point, like, I mean, once it's yeah, that cat was already out. Like of the I, bag. I think if if you know American forces had not dropped those two bombs i still think you were going to deal with a nuclear age at some point yeah 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 so but so i guess the further point i'm trying to get to though is that i, I feel very justified in those bombings i'm like um i think america was very much in the right to do that and feel the, the desire to do that uh but then we cut to uh the initiation of the iraq war when we uh sent a couple of fighters to bomb and they missed their targets and it they they show all the <laughs> innocent people you know just families that were killed and murdered and that certainly was not painted to us as um the case as as you know <laughs> as it as it happened that story was not the a, film cuts back to that cuts back to like rumsfeld being like it was a 100% success. accuracy yeah yeah yep and smile on his face you, you, everything's a-okay you see what happened to them and you instantly start to think like I bet they felt like how we felt like during Pearl Harbor. And then you start getting that like, oh, you know, if I was them, I'd probably be upset too. You know, I, I would not be happy. And those are not feelings I had before because I did not understand all of that before. You know, that wasn't well, all Especially there. if we're to believe, you know, in the in the documentary, they're saying like, hey, we were we were glad America was coming. We were glad. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we felt bad for the attacks. We like, we didn't agree with our regime. We were like welcoming the help but not welcoming like you're gonna start killing us like you <laughs> that there i mean there's a similar viewpoint there there's a loss of trust from you know these these people that were attempting to free if you believe the government mandate and then american citizens as well like i said the guy who lost his son 9-11 who gets very angry mm -hmm. when he's very pro-war and then they cut to bush sort of walking back the rhetoric of his administration saying like oh i never said uh, going to Iraq that they had anything to do with nine eleven, and I mean you see that I mean that guy you know that's just another knife to the chest there as far as like not only is my son lost in this terrorist attack but you've sort of roped me in to like putting his name on this mm -hmm. as some sort of like vindication uh, for getting the people that did that to him and now like there's nothing 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 good has come out of this yeah. scenario at all. Yeah, it's a. Uh... It's a very informative watch. I, I would highly recommend it to people of any um, 
political stance. I, I think even I think, you know, again, the uh, the bias of the filmmakers probably shine through some, but they don't let it overtake the narrative of the truth. I don't feel like I don't feel like it's a movie. I don't feel like they're spinning spinning stories here, which which is one reason why I liked it so much, because we are certainly, you know, living in a day and age where it's hard to find the truth about any of these stories because everything's biased. You know, there's, there's it's really honestly nobody just being a much honest, much better version of like Fahrenheit 9-11. Yeah. Yeah. It's one that's not being hyperbolic or just flat out dishonest, <laughs> you know, so, and just trying to be insane. There's a difference in trying to inform people and presenting the case and then trying to be provocative and, you know, being in your face about things. Right, but one can actually win people over and the other one would just, you know, further divides, you know. Mm. And uh, I, I think I think this film is a very good definition of <laughs> what we need more of, and that's just pure, simple truth, you know, just... I don't care. I, I don't care who's what affiliation with who. Just tell me what's really happening. That way I can make an informed decision. And I think that's truly how most Americans, even all these whack jobs on the, you know, far. <laughs> Here we go. Oh. <laughs> Here's Josh reaching across the aisle. Hey, whack jobs. <laughs> well, I am reaching across the aisle because the whack jobs are on both sides. I mean, you got your far left and far right. And, and they both, the, the crazier they get, the more they act like one another, which is ridiculous. But true. Um, I, I think most of us, for the most part, just want what's good <laughs> for everybody. And if we, <laughs> the more accurate information we could have, uh, the, the more we could all be on the same page. So that's that's me and my soapbox for the for the episode. Well, I watched Underworld Evolution, <laughs> and I know that you're wrong. That's not what happens. <laughs> they do not unite. Uh, well, I guess they unite in killing killing some vampires. They kill the two brothers. Spoiler alert! If anyone gives a Bazinga. shit. Bazinga. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Underworld Evolution opened that weekend, January 20th through the 22nd, 2006, to 26.8 million on 3,200 screens. Why We Fight. Let me scroll down. Opened on six screens to 53 grand. Hmm. Uh, what do you think America need to, need to see that week? Josh, I know where you're coming down on. <laughs> Jared... This is gonna see like it does the the angel Jared went out over the the pervy devil Jared. Well, I know what the people want, and I'm going to suggest Kate Beckinsale's cat suit booty and her boobies. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> give the people what they want. It's funny because you're you know you're a super fan of you being as nasty as you can be as Hyro. And yet the one time you kind of went into that territory when he was a guest for American hustle, he was sort of silently disgusted like me and Josh. Like when he got close enough, it's like getting too close to the sun. Yeah, he gets too yeah. close to the nasty Hellcat. He can't handle it. Too much information. You like boobies. Simply asking my preference and the whole room. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> At least this time, you know, you were, you were all over butt, boobs, all, all of it, right? Mm, belly button, and, any of it. Am I the only one who finds it odd that because of uh, why we fight that Osama Bin Laden has a IMDb credit? <laughs> I did not see that. Does that 
Like, who does that? I, I thought people's agents did this, and they like send in a picture. Like who? Mm. Like I w- like Saddam. I could I could have seen that. Like, hey, I'm in this movie. Give me all the credit I want, like gold toilets and whatnot. But some been like, yeah, damn, you're right. You can look him up on IMDb. <laughs> I'm not even on IMDb. <laughs> How's Osama Bin Laden on IMDb? Uh, I don't know if I see that connection, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be where this guy is. No, what I'm, saying, club. what I'm saying is I should be there instead of. Mm, we're going to need more listeners, a lot more listeners, and we're going to need to go international. Jared, Ugh. get to work on the logo for our French film podcast, and we'll try to rectify all this. What are we going to be talking about next? gentlemen do we know it's not a quiet place because we're going ahead what is the next one uh i know one of them i'm really insulted that you all have already dropped the ball on this oh oh is that when we're going to do the uh detective d and uh no no you it, the first five minutes you get to see a shirtless in tight tight jeans and cowboy boots you get to see a shirtless nicholas cage doing push-ups on the side of a desert road and shaving oh yeah red rocket list i've never watched this movie i wouldn't know that fact <laughs> Jared. <laughs> get it out now before we actually get to the recording on that one <laughs> yeah uh, my 25 job years done. ago Red Rock West was the forgotten film. <laughs> you said and, Red uh, Rocket. <laughs> I swear. We were both of you. Like, a Wednesday night. <laughs> and I just want to remind our listeners, I can't... Josh can't blame the Skype connection there. That actually was the delay where he caught up to oh. the joke. <laughs> yeah. Red Rocket West. <laughs> <laughs> the subtitle is "It Hangs Left." <laughs> oh. I'm gonna give you a little bit of challenge here. <laughs> the mainstream film, the one that was a success and Roger Ebert liked, and was like the neo noir hit. Stink. It's called Blink. <laughs> Stink. Really? That's weird. <laughs> You're, just, you're punching yourself out. That, that's one of those, like, <laughs> you've got nothing but air on that one. Do you want to come back around? Nope. I'm Body shot? N- nothing but air for stink. <laughs> Not dark wind. That'll teach this you. This has been the, the final episode. <laughs> it always comes down to farts, baby. Scotch on the rocks, please. Any scotch will do, as long as it's not a blend, of course. Uh, a single malt, blend Olivet, blend Fittig, perhaps, maybe a blend Gow, any blend. I'm drunk. I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? Just a drink. A martini, shaken, not stirred. With that in mind, I'm surprised Jerry didn't go on that route with Kate Beckinsale in that suit, that get-up. <laughs> sitting in it, I guess, it's all good, day long. a good stink. <laughs> I say at this point... If we could get a... Uh, if we could ever... 
And Jared, then you can you can go on your leaving Las Vegas like bender to end it all. If you could get <laughs> from Jared Dotson of Sober Cinema, the mm. next Underworld, which should be coming up here shortly, <laughs> it's a good stink. In quotes. <laughs> I've gotten uh, dizzy. <laughs> oh goodness! I teach you That's seven it. seven o'clock on a weeknight. <laughs> a weeknight? What's a week? I don't understand. Like, <laughs> what does that got to do with this? The shenanigans. Uh, uh, Josh, so of course, he he comes out for the political talk, and that actually concerns me as the recording's going on because I'm like, oh, Jared's being quiet. He's <laughs> just like working himself up into like a giggle fit over something, and it'll be something that happened a half hour ago. And when I go, toss it to him, there it'll be. Stinky cheese or something like that. It'll come back to it. <laughs> Do you have something for Blink? I can't even get it out, Jared. Stink. Stink. <laughs> I got to buzz in first before Josh gets it. <laughs> Ten minutes later, Josh. Red Rocket. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got you now. <laughs> I don't see that. <laughs> Oh goodness! Oh yeah, <sighs> that's it. Good Stop episode. Recordings. Yes.